0: You are listening to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick, paediatric doctor turned weight loss coach. I help busy, ambitious mums overcome the frustration of not losing weight. I teach them to eat and live healthily, to look after themselves and feel fit and fabulous. If you want to lose weight by eating healthily, I invite you to sign up for my free roadmap. Three easy steps to weight loss for busy mums. Just go to my website, dralina.com, that's D-R, O-R-L-E-N-A dot com, and you'll find it on the homepage and in the sidebar. If you're interested in working with me as a weight loss coach, you can find out more and book a chat by going to the coaching tab. I also have a healthy recipe service, My Kitchen Miracles, that I created for my clients and have now opened up for everyone healthy recipes that will support your weight loss goals and provide your family with healthy, tasty foods. You can find out more in the My Kitchen Miracles tab. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Alina Kerrick. Today we're talking about the med style diet. It's early in the morning here, it's Friday as I record this, and I'm enjoying a little bit of time by myself, quiet time. Normally I leave at eight o'clock in the morning and I walk my children to work, to school, and I really love this time of. Just walking back, getting a little bit out of breath, waking myself up in the morning. Today, on Friday, my husband has gone to Tai Chi, so he has taken the children and I have started work a little bit early. My husband has been doing Tai Chi for a couple of years now and he totally loves it. He says it builds up his strength and it helps him relax. And I'm going to be starting Tai Chi, which I'm super excited about, but today I'm not going because my sister is coming next week, which I'm also super excited about. But I'm just taking this opportunity to catch up, make sure I have a podcast for you guys the week afterwards. And one of the reasons I want to start Tai Chi is it's going to be a great thing to do with my husband, but also it's a really good strengthening exercise. It's one of the few exercises that has been shown to reduce falls in elderly people. Now, I'm not quite at elderly... Stage yet. I don't consider myself elderly. But if you start something now, by the time I get there, Tai Chi will just be something that I do normally. And hopefully, I will have a decreased risk of falling down. So if you don't know what Tai Chi is, it's a movement exercise that people in the audience, particularly in China do. So if you go to China, I've never been to China. I would totally love to go to China. But you can see people in their squ- in the squares in the morning, groups of people doing tai chi. Absolutely amazing. So I will let you know how it goes. I went to a trial class a couple of weeks ago. And oh my goodness, I was totally surprised at how my muscles were trembling. And I am a relatively fit person as you probably know. I go swimming frequently. I walk a lot. So I was surprised that my muscles were trembling, although everybody in the classes was. So it's not a light exercise. And actually, it does exercise your heart as well as your muscles. So super exciting. And if you're thinking of something that you can try, you want to do a little bit more exercise, then have a think about Tai Chi. So here I am enjoying my cup of coffee by myself. I normally only have one coffee in the morning, but I am treating myself to two cups of coffee. I am definitely a coffee drinker even though I'm from the United Kingdom, where everybody drinks tea, I do not like tea. I like coffee. And I cling to these um, studies that say coffee drinking is good for you. To be perfectly honest, even if it wasn't, I would still drink it. And I think we haven't really shown that coffee is definitely good for you. I think it would be probable benefits of coffee drinking, but I found an article recently on Harvard Health, and this is what they said, possible health benefits of coffee, decreased risk of cardiovascular disease, so that's heart disease, heart failure, stroke, type 2 diabetes, Parkinson's disease, uterine and liver cancer, cirrhosis and gout. So, yep, I'm signing up for all of those things as I, or signing up to avoid them, as I drink my cup of coffee and really enjoy it. I do only have one cup, and I tend to have it mid-morning because I want to make sure I get enough sleep. And what I see is lots of people use coffee to wake themselves up in the morning. And really, the problem is, is they aren't getting enough sleep. And so they use the coffee to wake themselves up. And I like to wake up and think, yes, I don't need the coffee to wake myself up, but I still love the coffee. And yes, my body is still totally addicted to it. Okay, before we start talking about the med style diet, just a few things that I want to tell you about. Now, firstly... It is the 5th of November as this goes live. And on the 6th of November, I am super excited to be welcoming or inviting you to a video workshop called How to Lose Weight and Lead a Healthy Life. And there's four videos in this workshop. I have spent the last week really going through them and thinking about those messages that I want to tell you that are really important, that are gonna get you from where you are now to along the track of healthy eating and weight loss with healthy eating. So what I do is weight loss by healthy eating. It's not calorie counting, it's not taking a pill. It's just applying the knowledge that we know about nutrition to everyday. And med style diet, I'll tell you more about it, is really the crux of it. So the first video is going to be the one essential thing you need to do to start. And that will be tomorrow, Wednesday. On Friday, we're going to be looking more at nutrition so the three easy steps that I use with my clients to weight loss and we'll be going more into nutrition so if you are interested I would love it if you could make it live please come and sign up drorlina.com forward slash healthy dash workshop and you can sign up there so it would be wonderful to see you now I sent out a survey a few weeks ago and Stupidly, I didn't ask for people's emails addresses, but somebody said that they had lost 6.6 kilograms inspired by this podcast. So firstly, if that was you, amazing congratulations. That is amazing work. 6.6 kilograms is no mean feat. And you really need to congratulate yourself and think, I have done it. This is the first step on my weight loss journey. Now, if that was you, I would really love to chat to you and find out more about you. So feel free to email me and just say, hey, that was me. And along those surveys, somebody suggested doing a competition. Now, what I thought about competitions was I don't have anything to give. And what I have recently thought was actually I do. I have loads of things to give. I have all my products. And the product that I have been working on most recently is a product that i created for my one-on-one clients. So people who want to lose weight by eating a healthy diet. And a lot of these people are mothers, and they are feeding their families, and they want to do both together. And what I found was I was giving out recipes, and really that was taking up our coaching time, and it just seemed an inefficient way of doing it. So I created My Kitchen Miracles. And you can sign up for that if you want to. And it costs 30 euros a month. But here's what I thought. It's less of a competition, more of a trade, I think. If you leave a review on iTunes by the end of November and then email it to me so that I know how to send it to you, then I will give you a three-month trial of My Kitchen Miracles. I'll give you a voucher for it. So that's worth 90 euros. Amazing trade, I think. So please feel free to do that. Okay, let's move on and talk about my uh, med style diet. So, what is the med style diet and why do I totally love it? Well, as you've probably gathered, I live in Spain. I swim in the Mediterranean every single day in the summer and I put my toe in occasionally in the winter. So, it's really something that is close to my heart. I think that the med style diet is easy. If I were to sum up, my nutritional thoughts in one sentence it would be this eat more vegetables particularly leafy green veg- vegetables but eat more vegetables is really the big message i want to give you so the mediterranean style diet if we look at research that is coming out now and theories that are coming out the mediterranean style diet basically ticks all of these boxes. So we think about insulin levels. And if you want to know more about insulin levels, I'll be explaining them more in video two of the workshop. But how do we reduce our insulin levels? We eat less refined carbohydrates and more vegetables. And that's exactly what the Mediterranean style diet is about. Another big theme that we are seeing is our biome. Again, we've got a whole podcast about the biome when I chatted to Lisa Kilgore. It's a really interesting podcast. How do we get more healthy bacteria and bugs in our gut, we eat more vegetables and we eat less refined carbohydrates. And there is research behind the Mediterranean style diet. It's really difficult to do nutritional research. A lot of the research that is done is done on animals or it is done on recall, trying to remember asking people what they ate last week. Now, I don't know about you, but I can hardly remember what I did last night, let alone what I ate a week ago. So you can see recall isn't a really great way of finding out what people actually eat. And there are very few research articles that are done on nutrition that really stand up to rigorous scientific testing. And one of them is the PrediMed study. Now, my very first podcast that I did talked about this PrediMed study. So if you haven't listened to that, go and check it out. Here are some of the benefits that came out of that study. So they said that people lost weight around the middle, and that's what we call truncal obesity. That's where you get that dangerous weight that you really want to lose. Um, They were less likely to get heart disease, less likely to get type 2 diabetes and less likely to get cancer, specifically breast cancer. And the reason they think that is because of olive oil. So olive oil is another big component of the Mediterranean style diet. And I have another podcast all about olive oil when I was lucky enough to interview one of the lead clinicians who was involved in the PrediMed study. So super, super exciting. I felt like it was a very, he was a very prestigious person and it was very exciting to chat to him. So those are some of the reasons why I love the Mediterranean style diet. And one really big reason is because it is easy. It is so easy to cook vegetables. So, so easy. And if you like Mediterranean flavors, fabulous, use them. You don't have to. You can apply it to any flavor of cuisine. If you like oriental flavor, that's perfectly fine. It's about vegetables and cooking them simply. It doesn't have to be complicated. And that's why I love the Mediterranean style diet. So let's just have a little think about what the Mediterranean style diet is. Now, you might think that it's lots of pasta, pizza, rice. If you think about Italian food, traditionally, we think about pasta and pizza but the reality is is that people in Italy they eat lots of vegetables as well they don't just eat pasta and pizza and if you think about lasagna which is a relatively complicated dish to make it's one of their party dishes it's a festival this is what we have on a special occasion equally risotto is considered one of the traditional foods of Spain. Again, it's a party. It's what we do, at what Spanish people do when it's a big celebration. Most people don't eat rice every single day. And traditionally, these countries eat lots of vegetables because that's what was available. So what is the Mediterranean style diet? It is less refined carbohydrates getting your carbohydrates from vegetables and whole grains, and really and truly eating seasonally, what's in season, lots of variety. And eating seasonally is really good for various reasons. Partly, your fruit and vegetables are likely to be more fresh. So I buy my apples from somebody who grows them 20 minutes up the road. Isn't that amazing? And so I have apples when they're in season. And during the summer, we have watermelon and all the summer fruits, so things like peaches and apricots, soft fruits. And if you do that, you will naturally have a lot of variety throughout your year. And of course, getting things from locally produced produced things is very good for the environment as well. So protein. A lot of people like to eat protein these days. And we need to eat some protein every single day. Protein is what our body is made out of. Our muscles are made of protein. And we can make some proteins, but we can't make all proteins. We need to eat some proteins. Those proteins are called essential amino acids. And those are the ones that we, our body cannot create. However, we don't need to eat vast amounts of protein. A small amount of good quality protein is enough for our bodies. And one of the things that we see in the Mediterranean style diet is that people eat more nuts And seeds, and these are good sources of proteins and good fats. Now, talking about fat, we have traditionally been told that a low fat diet is good for us, and we're now beginning to see that that is not true. And if we look at different fats, there are some fats that are considered to be good and healthy fats and some that are considered to be bad. So for example, trans fatty acids, those kind of fats that you find when they make margarine. And they might take a vegetable oil and then they do something chemical with it. They add lots of hydrogen molecules to it. They hydrogenate it, and that becomes a trans fatty acid. What we are seeing is that extra virgin olive oil, specifically extra virgin, has some really good health properties. And that not only does fat help you feel full up, It has some health properties as well. So extra virgin olive oil is really and truly a keystone in the Mediterranean-style diet. And if you come to Spain or Italy, you will notice that you go to a restaurant, there's a bottle of olive oil on every single table. Because people in Spain use extra virgin olive oil as we would use butter in the United Kingdom. It's their go-to. And they will spread it on salads, on their vegetables, on everything, on their bread... A famous dish in Spain is called pan tomaquet, and it's lovely. You have to use slightly dry bread and you toast it and then you rub it with some garlic and then you rub it with a tomato and then you add lots and lots of olive oil and it is delicious. You don't want to eat it all the time, but from time to time, a little bit of bread and olive oil is absolutely fabulous and very tasty. So olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, a keystone of the Mediterranean style diet and wine and dark chocolate come up there too which is interesting now the thing about wine is in this mediterranean style diet they allowed people to drink wine if they were if they were um regular wine drinkers the amount of wine they drank was very very small it was just a small cup once a day and i think the problem with alcohol is it's very easy to overdrink and it's very easy to use it as a reward for when we're feeling tired and our energy levels are low. Whereas really and truly, in order to fix that, what you want to do is go back and look at the cause and change your lifestyle a bit so that you are getting that energy from exercising, from having a bit of space in your life, from being mindful. So there's nothing wrong with enjoying a little bit of alcohol if you're enjoying it for the right reasons, which is really just enjoying the alcohol rather than using it to mask other problems and being aware that there are negative consequences of alcohol. We know that alcohol is not good for us in large quantities, and that line between health benefits and health detriment is very fuzzy, and we're not really sure where it is. But by all means, a small amount of wine is not necessarily a bad thing. So legumes are another thing that come up in the Mediterranean-style diet, and legumes are really good. So legumes are things like cannellini beans, chickpeas, garbanzo beans, as they're called in the States. And they are a good source of carbohydrates and plant protein. And the thing about the carbohydrates is they are not refined carbohydrates. They aren't going to push your sugar levels up quickly. They're going to give you a slower release of those carbohydrates. Fish in the Mediterranean style diet, in that study they did, they had fish, especially fatty fish. So oily fish, a little bit of oily fish is really good. We talked about this with Zarin again in the, the cardiology podcast, the How to Lead a Heart Healthy Life Through Diet and Through Lifestyle. And we talked about omega-3 oils. Now, if you haven't listened to that podcast, go and check it out. And the other big thing that turns up in the Mediterranean style diet is something called sofrito. And what people traditionally do in Spain is cook up their tomatoes and onions slowly in olive oil, and they will do a big batch of this. And it keeps because it's stored in olive oil. And then you use it as the base of all your dishes. Now I have to confess I don't do this. I use tomatoes, I use onions and I use olive oil, but I don't normally do sofrito because well I guess I'm not Spanish. So that and also in the Mediterranean style diet they discouraged soda drinks, so you were only allowed less than one drink a day and commercially baked sweets and pastries. So that's basically your refined Um, carbohydrates and spread fats. So those are things like margarines. And they also discouraged red and processed meats. So it can be difficult untangling these things. There was a recent study that said red meat is not as bad for you as we thought. And then there's lots of controversy about this, whether red meat um, is bad for cancer, causes cancer. And it's one of those areas that everybody disagrees on. And I think it's going to be a long time before we have any agreement on whether red meat is good for us or not. My line is to eat a small amount of red meat in moderation is fine. Everything in moderation, except vegetables. Vegetables, vegetables, vegetables. So that is what the Mediterranean style diet is. I have a handout for that, which is it goes through all of these things so that you can see it, print it out, pin it to your fridge. Now, I thought it might be useful for you to see how I apply the Mediterranean style diet to my life. It doesn't have to be complicated, I'm all about simple and easy. So, we start our mornings with breakfast. I have to say, one of my pet hates is breakfast cereal for many reasons. One of the reasons is that it is basically, most breakfast cereals are refined carbohydrates. If you think about cornflakes, for example, what they do is they whiz up the corn and they turn it into a powder and then they put it into cornflakes. And those cornflakes, when you eat them, essentially turn into sugar in your tummy. So it is metabolized by your body into a quick release sugar. Now, they also add sugar, but the bottom line is, is that these flours and sugar essentially metabolize the same in fact they say that a slice of brown bread will increase your glucose levels more quickly than a teaspoon of sugar so these are not things we want to eat so we start our day with oats now oats are a carbohydrate and if you can get what they call steel cut oats then you are doing better than me and steel cut oats are basically the oat the head of the oat cut in half and most oats are rolled oats And the more you do in processing your food, the more somebody else has done something which your body should be doing. So our body is designed to digest things. And that digestion starts in our mouth when we start chewing things. And if somebody else has done all that work for us, then our body has less work to do. And essentially what happens is it pushes up our glucose levels more. So if you can get steel-cut oats, I recommend steel-cut oats. I cannot get them here in this part of Spain. So I use rolled oats and my children and myself have porridge or overnight oats. My children soak the oats overnight and some of them like to have overnight oats, which are just soaked in water, a bit of milk. Some of us like to have it cooked, which is porridge. There is also a bit of controversy about whether you should soak oats or not. And some people say, yes, yes, you have to soak oats. I recently read the diet myth by Professor Tim Spector, who is a British professor, and it talks a lot about your biome. And he says that our biome, that those bugs that we have that help us metabolise things can cope with things that don't need to be soaked, soaked. And so you don't actually need to soak your oats or nuts. However, if you want to soak them, you're not going to be doing any harm. So we soak ours. My children do that. It takes about two minutes the night before. I'm training my children to wash up. And we have porridge or overnight oats for breakfast with lots of goodies. So the kind of goodies we have might be cooked fruit or fresh fruit, nuts. I love peanuts, a bit of coconut without any sugar. So other seeds, things like linseed or flaxseed, linseed and flaxseed are the same, or pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, what I call goodies. And sometimes I add on a little bit of flavouring. So some cardamom or some caraway or some cinnamon, whatever you want. You can be really adventurous with oats. They're just like, it's just think of it as bread. You can put anything you want on bread and oats are pretty much the same. You can have savoury oats if you want to. And I have this rule in my house as well that we are allowed a teaspoon of something sweet with our oats. I personally love condensed milk. My children like honey. Oats are one of those things that are easy to eat. And the problem with foods that are easy to eat is that we eat them even when we're not hungry because we enjoy eating them. And I found that my children were doing this. They were saying, I want a second bowl of porridge. And I don't think they were really hungry. They just love that sweet, delicious taste. So the rule in our house is you can have a second bowl, but you're not allowed any sugar with it. And I also encourage my children to eat fruit. So they have all yoghurt. They have to have something else if they want a second bowl. If you're really hungry, you will eat what is on offer. Of course, unless it's something that you absolutely find disgusting. But children like to eat and adults like to eat one certain thing. And really and truly, eating is not about enjoyment. It's about fueling our body. So if you're really hungry and you're eating for the sake of hunger, you will eat what is on offer and not the preferred food. So that's what we have for breakfast most days. And then during mid-morning, I often don't have a snack. I find if I have a snack, it's normally because I'm bored rather than because I'm actually hungry. If I do have a snack, it will be a piece of fruit or some nuts. At lunchtime, we have salad things and my children love, love, love carbohydrates. They would happily eat bread every single day. We don't have bread every single day. I switch it up with other things. So cannellini beans, hummus, spelt. Spelt is a whole grain. You soak it overnight and you cook it up for an hour and I find it delicious. My children won't touch it. So different things like that. And my husband, he loves making bread and experimenting. He doesn't make it all the time. Obviously, if you're making something, it's a really good way of limiting how much you eat because you're not going to be making it all the time. And he makes things by hand. He used to use the bread machine and now we've reduced on that. And this is another really good trick to apply to sweets and treats. If you're making cakes and biscuits, you're going to eat far less of them because you have to actually make them. So he might make things like crackers or oat cakes, or some bread, and we will have that occasionally. But the mainstay of our lunch is lots of salad-y things. So salads, often I have cold vegetables that are left over. I always cook more vegetables than I think I will need, and I'm always surprised at how little is left over. But essentially, I take whatever I can find in the fridge, I chop up some carrots, whatever is available, I throw it on the table. I love sprouted lentils as well, super easy and really delicious. And I will have some form of olive oil, normally in the form of a salad dressing. But if I'm feeling adventurous or I've got a bit more time, I might make pesto or tzatziki. But there is some oil, some fat there. And of course, some protein, something like cheese, perhaps a little bit of meat. But super easy. I don't put much time and effort into it. And it's different every single day. I would note that my children come home from lunch, which for lunch, which is different than a lot of people obviously pack lunches. So this is lunch at home. And then we have dinner at about six o'clock. We don't have a snack normally between lunch and dinner. Um, The kids go back to school. And so at six o'clock, we will have a dinner, which could be vegetable-based. We might have a bit of meat or fish. Those are the kind of meals that I share in My Kitchen Miracles. And after dinner, I don't eat anything else or very rarely, perhaps on Friday or Saturday, if we've got people, I might eat later on. But that allows my body to have 12, 13, 14 hours, depending on exactly when we eat, resting before I have my breakfast. And I used to, I used to have chocolate in the evening when I would sit down to work. I've now decided I don't work in the evening. And I have realized that eating after dinner really just pushes your blood sugars up again. And it is normally one of those things that you're eating because of an emotional reason. So I used to eat because basically I didn't want to work in the evening and it was a reward to me to do the work that I needed to work, that I needed to do and give myself a treat. It wasn't because I felt hungry. And if you love a bit of dark chocolate, I suggest have it with a meal. And I love dark chocolate. It's good for your biome. So there you go. Another big trick I would say about the Mediterranean style diet is think about your shopping. Just buy loads of vegetables, I go to market on Sunday. I buy loads of vegetables. I often have no idea what i 'm going to do with them, and if I don 't know what to do, I chop them up, throw them in the oven with some olive oil, super easy, and I just work it out afterwards. The other day, I had to cook dinner with my son, and i couldn 't really work out what to cook, so I asked him if he would help me, and we just started chopping vegetables and we chopped loads of vegetables, and he said he wanted risotto now. Think about proportions as well, as in how much rice you've got compared to how much vegetables. My vegetable risotto is 75% vegetables with a little bit of rice. Remember, those vegetables are going to cook down. So loads of vegetables, a small amount of rice, and still amazingly delicious because that sauce covers all the vegetables and the children ate I would like to say all of it I think there was one child who refused because it had one particular vegetable in but my picky 11 year old it had some butternut squash in normally they don't eat butternut squash he knew it was in there because he'd helped me chop the things up and he still ate it because it had that cheesy nice taste to it so if you're not sure get your vegetables start chopping them up and work out what to do with them afterwards Okay, I hope this has been useful. The Mediterranean style diet is easy. It's all about vegetables. It's all about rethinking the amount of foods that we have in terms of protein, vegetables and fat and thinking about carbohydrates in terms of vegetables and whole grains and different sources of carbohydrates that aren't flours. Now, if you are interested, I remind you that tomorrow is the first of the video workshops. Those videos will be available until, oh, I can't remember off the top of my head, sometime in November. So sign up and come and listen to them and have a lovely week. I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Fit and Fabulous. Remember to sign up for the free handout, Three Easy Steps to Weight Loss for Busy Mums. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I'd be super grateful if you could help me grow my podcast by telling a friend about it. Have a lovely day and see you next week. Bye bye.